Hello, and welcome to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. And now, here are some thoughts from our dad, Brad McClure. Well, hello, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. So glad you chose to join us once again this week. And this Thursday, I want us to start in Numbers chapter number 20. Numbers 20 is a passage I spoke on several weeks ago to teenagers. I don't think I ever did it on the podcast. I went back to double check. And we were talking about the subject of anger. In Numbers chapter number 20, I don't know how to handle this because there's a lot that I want to say, but I don't want to take a lot of time. I opened up talking to the teenagers about this Chinese man. There was a there was a leading article. There was, what was, what do you call it? The headlines of an article. And on the headlines, it talked about a Chinese man that signed a contract with his wife that entitles her to attack him once a week. Now, uh, yes, that's what I just said. He signed a contract that allows his wife to physically attack him once a week. And if you read this, it talks about he, this 32-year-old man, his name was Chong Quinn, and I don't know. It, it says it took the unusual step after suffering intense abuse from his wife who studies Kung Fu. She said this, quote, I don't want to beat him, but arguments are inevitable and I just can't help myself, his wife told the newspaper. And she says this, Mr. Zhang, he's a his wife, who's a sales manager, and I bet she makes a lot of sales threatening customers, but she's a sales manager at a trading company. She had studied Kung Fu since her childhood and was attracted to his, uh, and he was attracted to her strong and independent temperament. He also admitted that he had suffered at her hands throughout their six month courtship. Before we got married, he said he tried to bite his lip, or he said, let me let me just slow down here. He said, before we got married, this story is too good to go fast. Before we got married, she had a wild hairstyle, and I teased that it made her look like a tigress. During that argument that followed, I said some bad words, and I got a taste of her kung fu for the first time. He said that he had tried to bite his lip in order to avoid being punished, but he never wants to lose an argument, so she always in, so he always ends up with bruises and scars all over. So in order to curb his wife's aggression, Mr. Zhang proposed signing a contract in front of his in-laws. That is if, and if his wife breaches the contract, she has to return to her parents' home for three days. She's very obedient to her parents, and her parents will support me and blame her, he said. <laughs> His wife said she always feels regret when she sees her husband with a black eye. Now that we have a contract, I will force myself to drop the use of force, she said. <laughs> and then Mr. Zhang's parents got involved, and they told the newspaper that although they felt bad for their son because he was regularly attacked, the couple were a good match. They have a good marriage, so we can say nothing about it, his father said. Now, I wasted so much time reading that, but I just couldn't help it. I mean... How crazy of a story is that? That your anger is so bad, and as a guy, you're so weak, but your anger is so bad that you have to sign a contract about this. Well, anger is a real issue in our society today. We see it played out in national levels, maybe, some of what's going on in, in, in 
Russia right now, but we see it played out daily and at work and different places like that. And in our text, Numbers chapter 20, I think what I want to do is I want to read the text and then I just want to kind of come back a little bit the best I can. I don't want to go long on this, but but I want to read the text and listen. Maybe you're driving, exercising, whatever, but kind of listen to the story. What is going on here? And it says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. So that would be a problem. If you have no water, makes sense. You have, you have a problem. And so they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. So here they are. They're already 40 years into this wilderness dwelling. They have seen God do some miracles in their past. And now they run out of water again. This isn't the first time. And instead of just crying out to God, they provoked Moses and they provoked Aaron. They started to complain. They started to to get angry because of this and, and started to say things. And I think I'm, instead of just reading down all down through the text, I want to stop for a second. And I wrote three things down a long time ago about this, about their provoking and about their anger, because they were stirring this on with Moses instead of having faith. And I I wrote three things down. It was, first of all, it was unprofitable. You know, it, what they were doing was no good. I didn't read all of it. They chode with them. They said, would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. I think I did read that. They were just saying, we should have just died. What, what good does that do? How is that profiting anybody? But because of their anger, they got, they started saying things that made no sense. They were unprofitable. They were unthankful. They were ignoring God's protection this whole time and ignoring God's provision this whole time for them. And then they just were unkind. They started accusing Moses of putting them all in danger. Well, they weren't following necessarily Moses. They were following God. Moses was just the human spokesman. They knew that. So they were unkind. They started accusing him of being incompetent. Verse 5, verse 4 says, and we have brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we are and our cattle should die there. And wherefore have ye made us to come out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? Is it not a place of seed or figs or vines or of pomegranates? Neither is there any water to drink. They're basically saying you're incompetent. You led us to a place where we have no water. And, and so I would understand Moses right now at this point, the stress level is extremely high. No water, no plan. People question your authority, question your ability to lead, calling you names, complaining like their fathers used to. This is a perfect scenario for Moses to get in his flesh, to get angry. I'm just reading this story thousands of years later right now, and I am mad as could be. But notice what Moses did. Verse 6. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly, that assembly that was just mocking them and choking, all these things, went from the presence of the assembly into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Did you see what they did? They took it to God. They spent some time in prayer. They got down on their knees in their face, and they just said, God, what do we do? You see, they knew that God knew their burdens. They knew that God answers prayer because God had done that before. And so they prayed to God and look, God answered verse seven. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, 
Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron and thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast to drink. So the plan was simply gather the assembly together, speak to the rock, water's going to come out, everybody's going to be happy. Notice this, though, God is not rebuking the people for their complaining, for their unthankfulness, being unkind. He's not rebuking the people. He's just told Moses to speak to the rock and water will come out. He's just meeting their need. And watch what happens. There's something that takes place behind the scenes that we don't see. Let me read you this because in Psalm 106, 32, it says, it's talking about this scenario, this exact scenario, this moment. And in Psalm 106, 32, the psalmist said, They angered him, or Moses, also at the waters of strife. So when Moses had come to this rock and he was prepared to speak, he had an answer from God, he was prepared to speak to this rock. When he got down here at the waters of strife, he says, So that, they, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes, because they provoked his spirit. So that he, Moses, spake unadvisedly with his lips. Notice Moses' passion. The first time they chode with him, they mocked him, they said things about him, and he stayed quiet, he went to God. God gave him an answer, but it wasn't an answer of rebuke. And I think personal opinion, backed by some other commentaries, but just our personal opinion, the back of Moses' heart, he was hurt. And I think he was hoping that God would do something to defend him. And God didn't. Instead, God just met these complainers, these hateful people. He just met their need. He was long-suffering. And so Moses leaves that time of prayer. And as he's walking back to the rock, they begin to speak ill to him again. Can you just hear him? As he's walking with his staff, he's heading to the rock, and they're laughing at him. Oh, here comes that incompetent leader. Oh, here comes the man that doesn't have a clue, doesn't have a plan. He thinks he can lead us. I just picture him, and I'm mad right now just saying it. I just picture what they're saying to Moses. And Moses finally had had enough. And he says, this, they, and, and so all he was to do is to take the rod and go to the people and then speak to the rock, but... It said in verse number 9, because we already read what Psalms said, so we know a little bit more is going on. In verse 9, And Moses took the rod from before him, before the Lord, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Whoa, 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 Moses, God didn't, God didn't say that. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Whoa, whoa, Moses, you're not doing anything. God is. Why the we? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. Moses, what are you doing? God said, speak to the rock. That's it. And now in your anger, justifiable in some sense, they are giving him a hard time. They're speaking ill to him. So he calls them names, he claims some credit, and he smote the rock. Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, 
And water came out abundantly. God did still give water. He still met the need. And the congregation drank and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because you believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation to the land which I have given them. You're no longer going to lead them to the promised land. And we all know that Joshua ended up doing it because of this moment. Moses, in his anger and in his passion, it led to a critical tongue. He was being mocked first, though. It led to a critical tongue. And his anger dishonored God. His anger revealed his unbelief because God said, you didn't believe me. You weren't trusting me. I will take care of those people. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You didn't trust me. You reacted on your own. His anger revealed his unbelief. And Moses' sin of anger had consequences. He now would not lead the children of Israel to the promised land. And you know, I, I look at this story and I'm conflicted. I am really conflicted because those people were dead wrong. They were whining and complaining and unthankful. And Moses handled it right. Then he comes out and they were whining, complaining, and unthankful, and Moses handled it wrong, and God dealt with his leader, Moses. And it seems like right now they, they get off free. You ever been there? Somebody else is saying things and doing things, and you just reacted, and but they started it, and I know where you say, well, you're not talking to children. We do this as adults. But we are responsible for our response. We don't have to show up to every drama we're invited to. And we have to be responsible for our own reactions. And the Bible tells us that we're to walk in the Spirit, to have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. God will give us the victory. God will deal with the other party. We have to do our part. We have to be willing to forgive. Ephesians 4.32, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And I know how, if you're like me, you're saying, yeah, but what about those other guys? Tell those other guys. They didn't do that. They were mean. They were hateful. I, I know. I know. But God will deal with them. We're responsible for ourselves. And if we allow anger to dominate our lives, it will hurt our families it will lead us to sin. It will lead us to bitterness. We've got to be careful. There's a Chinese proverb that says, if you are patient in one moment of anger, you will escape a hundred days of sorrow. You know, anger has done a lot of harm over the years in many people, many relationships, and Maybe none as bad as this Chinese man, Mr. Zhang, who's getting beat by his wife. But all of us at times feel provoked. We want to respond. We feel like we're justified. But I think this story shows us that God holds us responsible for even how we respond under the times of crisis. We got to be godly. We got to walk in the spirit. Now, is it easy? No. And I'm not saying that Moses walking up to that rock with an answer from God being called names and mocked was easy. I'm not saying that for a second. What I'm saying is God holds us responsible. 
So I hope that this challenge, I've went fast through this text, we were in Numbers 20, verses 1 through 12, and then in Psalm 106, that little nugget from Psalms that tells us what happened when Moses approached the rock. But I hope that you will. it'll be something that, that in your heart you meditate on this week, you think about how am I responding to the mistreatment of others. Hey, thanks for listening. Have a good week. Hey, thanks again for listening to this week's podcast. Um, I'm going to take my time in the ramblings to ask you to pray about a situation. A friend of mine and someone that was uh, in our church when I was in Michigan, his name's Jeremy Drosha, his wife Jessica, and they have three uh, precious children. And uh, there was an explosion at his house yesterday. Um, And they don't know necessarily the cause of the explosion yet, or they're not talking about it. But he had uh, 60% burns all over his body. One of his kids was also involved in that. And I think she is stable. But um, but she did see things that uh, no child should have to see. And, and the house is just destroyed by fire and the explosion. And, and um, so they are going through a, a difficult time, no doubt. And he is in critical care. Uh, they, thankfully, um, the, most of the burns are on his arms and his legs, um, two, second to third degree burns, his face, uh, but no vital organs. Uh, so I think that he's got a long road, but I do. it sounds like optimistic that he's going to pull through. There is a GoFundMe page. Um, if you are interested in that, you can get a hold of me and I will let you know if you're listening to this current or close to the time of posting. But uh, do pray for them. I know you may not know them. But you're believers in Christ, and uh, they are as well. And this is a young family that now will be going through a very difficult time. And so uh, let's let's be prayerful for them. Jeremy and Jessica is their names, and I don't know all the names of the kids. Some of them were born after I left Michigan, but uh, but do be prayerful for them. I know that they would really appreciate it. So, hey, thanks again for listening this week. Sign up to the newsletter to come out on Monday. And if there's anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate to let me know.